what's going on? It's the Purple Podcast, courtesy of Vikings.com. Your play-by-play guy, Paul Allen, with analyst Pete Bursich. After the first preseason game, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Minnesota Vikings 26-20. Plenty of things about which to chat, not only here, but during the course of the week uh, via my radio show, 9 to noon, FM 100.3, KFAN. And uh, we'll be back at it Saturday, August 20th at 6 o'clock with the Vikings hosting the San Francisco 49ers. But um, let's begin with Kellen Mond, who had by far the best performance of his professional career. Granted, it's in the preseason. A couple of touchdowns to veteran Albert Wilson, who knows how to run routes. And uh, Kellen looked pretty good, didn't he? I, I really thought he did, uh, Paul. And, and we kind of saw it in training camp, his accuracy. Um, there were a couple times, I know, a number of snaps in training camp. He, see the ball thrown right on right on time right where it needs to be and you look back and you're like wow that was Kellen Mond you know fabulous job so I think he's grown in that respect what he needs to do is is continue to grow and especially in the mental side of the game and I think that's one of the things that this Kevin O'Connell offense presents to you with the formations that they run when they spread out a defense you know you've got this you know you got this particular type of coverage this kind of route's going to come open you just have to have the confidence to throw and sling that thing in there so that that touchdown pass that he had down here to our right on the on the quick slant was a was a really really nice throw he's so athletic he can keep plays alive and if you know having that being able to scramble and not just scramble to move the chains but scramble to make the defenses pay make them have to cover guys deeper down the field um, those are attributes that he has that man if he can continue to to, to grow and develop then they got to make that tough decision, I think, on whether or not you keep Mannion around, is is or has he become too expensive? And you say, hey, Kellen, you're you know you're our backup from now on. Now, Kellen finished nine of 14, 119 yards, couple of TDs. Uh, Albert Wilson got both of them. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, let's just get this out of the way. We did it during the uh, simulcast, uh, even though he didn't play. Seriously, thank heavens Devontae Adams is out of the NFC North. I mean, if you, in in my, what's now 21 years calling Vikings football, you, a decade and a half, you know, and you you played football, so you've seen a lot. You played with Randy Moss, so you know what immortality looks like. Devontae Adams against the Minnesota Vikings, he's a nemesis against everybody, but I swear he killed us in a way every single game. Like, over his last six games, he averaged 113 receiving yards per game. Thank heavens he's out of the division, and he's now in the AFC West. We never really did, I think, figure that one out. We, you know, we put Rodgers on some tough games under the Zimmer regime, but we never really were able to shut down, you know, shut down Adams. And you're right, Paul. It's going to give you some confidence. It's going to be interesting to see how the Packers handle that, and they're going to need to get veteran very quickly. It was also just fascinating to watch all the things that they did schematically to get Devontae Adams the football. And I think they're, you know, are they going to do that here? Cars, are they going to be able to, you know, recreate that in, you know, in Las Vegas, but man, there's, it's one thing when it's hard to stop a guy. It's another thing when you're scheming and game planning to stop a guy, and then you're still unable to do so. We saw, you know, Adrian Peterson do that to defenses all, all throughout his career. And it's an amazing thing. And, Devontae Adams, he is a very, very good wide receiver, and you're right, Paul. Not having to see him out there running around because it may just be the purple. I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but he may just like to play against those purple uniforms. Now, uh, Ty Chandler, 
a uh, rookie from North Carolina, fifth round, uh, fifth round pick from North Carolina by way of uh, Tennessee. Um, we, we had a school transfer there. He, he kind of stole the show today. He ran the ball five times, averaged five yards per run. He had one kick return for 56 yards, and he went to the left side. There was nothing. A Raider corner came up and tried to blast him and, I mean, got hit him hard. And Chandler is sturdy, but he's fast, and, and the Raider bounced right off him. So here comes Ty circumnavigating the other way. He takes the circuitous route for 56 yards, for a team that has Dalvin and then has Alexander Madison, Kane Wong-Wu is on the team, even if he doesn't play much back because he's one of the best kick returners in the NFL. I wonder what Ty Chandler's lot in life is. Well, he'll be he'll be playing somewhere in the, this season, trust me. And, you know, he the speed, the 4-3-8, 40-yard dash. And I think what you didn't see of him in college was a, was a great variety or an NF-style type of offense. You saw him... Always in a shot, they're always in a pistol or shotgun with him offset. They run that same kind of slow developing play with the guard or maybe the guard and tackle pulling, and he would just have to be patient. He sets up blocks extremely well, and what I loved about him today was his patient running the zone up front. And it's something I saw today too with our running game is that zone is is no longer a front side or cutback. It's kind of a let the running back just get a feel for it. And whenever he sees daylight, he's going to go that way. So, and it also really disguises that zone. It makes it tough for the defense because you can't. It's hard to defend the front side and the back side of those zone type those zone type plays. But the balance that Ty Chandler has, he's slight. You know, he's not very big, but he stays on his feet. And he could take a hit, and we saw that today. And I'm I'm excited to see him the next couple of weeks. I think um, perhaps the biggest negative for the Vikings is they took eight penalties for like 71 yards. And uh, one of the penalties, and this is going to happen in the preseason, I believe it was Perry Nickerson, ran into the game, then tried to leave, then stayed there, and it was an illegal substitution penalty that gave the Raiders a first down, and they subsequently went down and scored. So when Kevin O'Connell is addressing the team after the game and subsequently after they watch the film together in a couple of days, if they do that in the preseason, you know he's going to talk about penalties. And, and really substitutions this time of year when you have 90 guys on the roster, it's one of the hardest things that you know that you do. And that's a great spot for, for Coach O'Connell to say, hey, guys, we got to stay on top of our game. You got to know who's in, who's out, and when and where that you know you substitute. But um, I thought special teams, it was nice to see that the return, the next return from Ty Chandler getting that ball out to midfield because they, you know they responded for it. Um, you know, also Dan Chisana still, I think he's picking up where he left off with his speed and, and covering kicks. And trust me, the pop-up kick was, was an evaluation thing. It, it was let these guys cover. Let's see what they can do. When we get in the regular season, I fully expect Joseph to be booting those things out of the back of the end zone again. Emir Smith-Marset uh, was the preferred punt returner for the Vikings. Uh, he only got an opportunity to ret- return two. And uh, it went for negative four, and his long was minus one, okay? And he bobbled one. He tried to do a Willie Mays impression. didn't work. And, and the reason I bring that up is because at Pete Bursage via Twitter, within the last week, Pete, Pete tweeted, you know, a great way to make this football team and stay on the active roster is, become, is to become an accomplished punt returner. Now, the guess is Amir Smith-Marset, because of his receiving ability, is going to make the team. But really, with all due respect, since main man Marcus Sherrills 
A, we haven't had a punt return touchdown since 2016 at home against Houston, but the the punt return situation here the last half decade it's been problematic. Yeah, it, I think it, it it has, and you know when you when you fast forward a couple weeks when they got to start making the final roster cuts and you're staring at a guy like Myron Mitchell who had a great day today, uh, Albert Wilson I also thought had a good day today. And you put them on the board, and Amir Smith-Marset is right up on top, and you have those three. It's going to really come down to how well do they, you know what else do they give you, and that's that's the thing. It, so for Smith-Marset, I think he's it's so prudent for him to be out there returning punts. You know, today not, maybe not necessarily. You have to go back and look at the film and check the hang times and the distances to see if the return, you know, how well that was set up and. If it was just you know good kicking or bad punt returning, that's you know bad blocking up front. Who knows? We got you got to take another look at that. But Amir Smith Marset, Paul, um, you know made some good decisions back there, and, and we'll see how he does the rest of the preseason. Now, in closing, with the Niners on the horizon again, Wednesday and Thursday joint practices at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center with the Niners and the Vikings, and you know those practices, quite honestly, are as if not more physical than most preseason games, and. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick uh, Peterson, Eric Hendricks, guys like that, uh, Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, they didn't play today. So in those joint practices, they're going to get like game reps that, that are simulated. So I'm not going to venture any guesses as to who plays in the second preseason game. But uh, with Cousins and, um, and Dalvin and J.J. and Adam, be nice to get them out there in a game-type situation, specifically at home. But if they don't, then I guess that would be an indicator the coaches felt in the joint practices they had seen enough from their stars. And what could be more motivational to a team than to say, you know what, if we show up on Wednesday and Thursday and take care of business and get out there and play well, then you guys aren't, you know, we're not going to be playing much on the Saturday night. And if we go out there and lay an egg and let this, you know, San Francisco team push us around a little bit and not perform the way we expect you to, well, then, yeah, you're going to get a lot of snaps Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So I think the motivation will absolutely be there. It's great to get live work, to hear, to see another offense operate, for, especially defensively, you know, and then for as well for the offense to, to see a different group up front, a very physical defensive front and speedy uh, with, with San Francisco. So you're going up against one of the best defensive fronts that there are. So a couple days of work like that, um, I think will really shore up that Minnesota moving company, you know, answer any questions that you had, you know, that we have there. Uh, but again, the big bodies, I think defensively up front, uh, you know, I, I really, really liked, you know, what I saw out of Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, especially against the run. That's Pete Bursich, and I'm Paul Allen. Uh, Trey Lance, too, by the way, quarterback for the Niners, played in their first preseason game against Green Bay uh, and the Marshall, Minnesota native, not only in Egan for the joint practices, but at U.S. Bank Stadium Saturday, 6 o'clock for the simulcast on Fox 9 and FM 100.3 KFAM. I'm Paul Allen for Gabe Henderson. And uh, Pete, thank you very much for listening to the Purple Podcast at Vikings.com.